irregardless of whatever the end result ends up being, what do the South Carolina Gamecocks need to show against the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday night? Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Line, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen. Every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And we have got a lot to dive into on this Friday edition of Locked On Gamecocks. A couple basketball games took place last night for both the men's and women's team. What were the end results? And a big-time quarterback target for the 2024 class has announced his final group, including the South Carolina Gamecocks. Where do things stand with that prospect? But, of course, there is a football game that is taking place tomorrow night as the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, I asked the question at the opening of the show. What does South Carolina need to show against the Volunteers when they take the field on Saturday night? And... Admittedly, this answer is going to sound like a cliche, but regarding everything that is currently taking place within the dynamics of this football program right now, both in the building, potentially, and out of the building, there's no question. The one thing South Carolina needs to show is that they haven't thrown in the towel on this season. There's multiple reasons why, if you're a South Carolina fan, you may have to worry about this potentially being the case or maybe potentially happening in this football game. Because this season has not been what this team probably envisioned it being. Obviously, right now, the Gamecocks are sitting at 6-4. and four. They're coming off probably, all things considered, their worst loss on the season to the Florida Gators this past weekend. And... With Tennessee and Clemson upcoming, they're now staring at a potential 6-6 six and six record to end the season. After at one point, they were 5-2. and two. So, obviously, when you look at all that, you could see how this could really make the players sort of get down in terms of their emotions and their morale in that locker room. And you got to also think about, you know, the transfers that were brought in this past offseason. Transfers who might have been doing okay maybe in their previous situation, but they upped and left and came to South Carolina because they had visions of this being a really good year for this team where they could showcase their skills at the highest level of college football in the SEC. And if you were on offense in particular, maybe being a part of one of the most explosive offenses, not just maybe in the conference, but maybe in the entire country. And obviously, that has not happened for a variety of of reasons. Another reason why you have to worry about the throwing the towel factor potentially is I mentioned it this past week or earlier this week, I should say, in terms of the Florida game. 
I saw some moments where some frustrations really started to show with some of the players on the field in particular. And that included Spencer Rattler, who again had a play, I believe, early in the fourth quarter where he was not ready for the snap from Eric Douglas. He managed to juggle it and corral it and then had to roll out to his right and basically just throw the football away because it was a dead play from pretty much the opening snap. And Spencer Rattler had his hands up like, you know, he was almost signaling to the coaches, I don't know what else you want me to do. And I know that that's the main example I've used. It's the same one I've gone back to. And you have to imagine if Spencer Rattler, who has been pretty content and done a good job of keeping his emotions in check all season, if he's starting to let his emotions get the best of him, there may be some other guys on the team that feel the same way. You look at the injury situation in the secondary and running back units specifically on this team. In the secondary course, the Gamecocks have had to start two true freshmen in Nick Emmanuori and DQ Smith. You could argue that Nick Emmanuori probably would have become a starter either way this season, but he had to go into this lineup really quickly because of the injury to RJ Roderick, who eventually wound up leaving the team. But, you know, this secondary had a lot of experience and talent, especially at that cornerback spot. And I'm sure that it has, you know, made things a little bit harder on the front six in the sense that they've probably felt more pressure to need to make a lot more plays because of the inconsistent rotation due to the injuries and everything that's taken place in that secondary. And then the running back unit on offense, Marshawn Lloyd is quite literally the offense. He is the engine that drives this offense. And if you don't have the engine in your car, well, guess what? Your car is not going to go anywhere. No matter how many times you turn on the ignition, and that's pretty much the case with South Carolina without Marshawn Lloyd. You throw in Christian Bill Smith as well. It makes you very thin at running back and makes you have to change up a lot of your game plan. There's obviously been a lot of outside noise surrounding the potential for there being some drastic changes this offseason, not just with maybe the roster because of guys graduating or going on to the NFL, but maybe some guys potentially transferring, which I'm not going to get into right now. I'll save that conversation for a later date. There's also a potential for some upheaval on the staff, maybe a few Staff members that are here right now won't be here this next year. I've, of course, alluded to this a couple times now, and I'm not going to get into specifics on who I think might end up going, but obviously you could see multiple changes on this staff. Is that playing into the minds of these players? Maybe guys that like playing for some of these coaches and they don't want to see them go. That's going to be something that you have to consider when you're thinking about all this. And... You top all this off, the biggest compounding factor with everything that's going on within the program itself right now, South Carolina's opponent that they're facing this weekend and what they're fighting for. South Carolina's playing one of the best offenses in recent college football history in Tennessee, who is not going to take this game lightly by any means. Tennessee is fighting right now to stay alive for a college football playoff spot. Obviously, right now, they are not going to go to the SEC championship game. They lost out on that chance last week because Georgia won their second-to-last SEC game, which effectively means that even if they lost this weekend and Tennessee won against South Carolina, Georgia owns that tiebreaker because they defeated the Volunteers earlier in the fall. So, right now, Tennessee, they cannot afford a slip-up. They can't even afford to look sloppy. So, they're going to look to come out here and impose their will, run up the score, potentially, to an extent, against this South Carolina team. So... I asked this question on the crossover show with Locked On Balls host Eric Kane. Tennessee knows what they are fighting for. What is South Carolina fighting for? 
Are they fighting for pride? Are they fighting to have a good end to this regular season? Maybe one last chance to get that momentum-shifting victory for this program. If you're this senior class, maybe you get a win against Tennessee, or you finally end the streak against Clemson, whatever that may be. South Carolina needs something to fight for. When you have something to fight for, you have motivation. Your head will stay in the game. The external factors will not get to you as easily. But if you feel like you don't have anything to fight for, that is when upheaval and, again, loss of morale and potential locker room issues in terms of sports could start to trickle in. So it is important for South Carolina to show that they have not thrown in the towel this season on Saturday night. I know it sounds cliche, but in in all honesty, it is the truth regarding the current situation right now in Columbia. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up your college football season and the easiest place to place easy bets on certain pickums on maybe your favorite college football team or so the best college football action throughout the weekend. Now, for me this weekend, I got two games that I'm going to look at specifically. Southern Cal at UCLA and Utah at Oregon. For the game between the Trojans and the Bruins, I'm taking UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet to go higher than 127.5 rushing yards against Southern Cal. As Zach has crossed this number in the Bruins' last four games, subsequently his best rushing performances all season. I'm also taking Utah quarterback Cameron Rising to go higher than 244.5 passing yards against Oregon. As in the two matchups this season where the Utes face top 25 competition, Rising through for 415 and 287 passing yards, respectively. So who would you pick in these scenarios? Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by underdog. Meaning if you deposit $100, you'll get $100 for free. So go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code LOCKEDON. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, now let's move on to a big recruiting development for the South Carolina Gamecocks football team. As 2024 quarterback Jaden Bradford announced his final four on Thursday afternoon on social media. The teams that are comprising his final four are South Carolina, Penn State, NC State, and Louisville. Now, what are my overall thoughts on this particular recruitment at this moment in time? If I had to take a guess as to which team leads for Jaden Bradford... I would probably say Penn State. According to On3, Penn State is the school that he has visited the most up to this point in the recruiting process, which obviously the amount of visits one prospect takes to a school doesn't always automatically mean that school's in the lead form, but it is a pretty good indicator to use in this regard. Now, of course, South Carolina could be a team that ends up being a tough out here as they are, of course, the home 
hometown team. Jaden Bradford is originally out of Chapin, South Carolina. He transferred to IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida during the offseason this year because he wants to get a little bit more development to get ready for his college and potential professional career in football. But again, South Carolina, the hometown team, probably watched the Gamecocks his entire childhood when he was growing up. So South Carolina, if they really want Bradford badly enough, you could venture to say that the Gamecocks could end up winning out this recruiting battle at the end. NC State, they have seen some really good years under Dave Dorian. Now, this season in particular has probably been a bit of a disappointment for them because they were viewed by many as a potential dark horse to maybe win the ACC title, maybe even be a potential college football playoff contender. And at this point in the season, I think they've already lost three or four games. They lost, of course, star quarterback Devin Leary for the season. They laid a dud against the Clemson Tigers on the road earlier this year, a game that was widely viewed as a game that, you know, the NC State Wolfpack could potentially get the Clemson Tigers, and that would be the game that builds their case to make the college football playoff. None of that has worked out for them, but they've still got a good program rolling up there. So be interesting to see how much they are in this recruiting battle as Jaden Bradford gets closer and closer to his decision date down the road. And then Louisville being that fourth team, I don't really see Louisville being a serious threat in this recruitment, to be honest with y'all. Uh, Scott Satterfield, it is not a great situation for him up there right now, I believe. Louisville, I think, is 6-4 and four on the season, so they haven't had a terrible year, but there's been a lot of turmoil behind the scenes with Scott Satterfield, especially when South Carolina's job, ironically enough, was open, and I think he basically put out a message or a statement to the fan base saying that he did not ever have any interest in the South Carolina job, and then it was leaked out that he actually interviewed for the job, so he essentially lied to all of the Cardinals fan base, which uh, obviously will make you a very unpopular individual in those circumstances. And um, unless he really gets things going up there in Louisville, Kentucky, then um, it's probably really hard to see any quarterback wanting to go up there and commit to that program, knowing that the offensive coordinator, basically, and Scott Satterfield and head coach at the same time could potentially be out of there in a matter of maybe just this offseason or next year. Again, don't know all the details with all of that, but that's, in my opinion, where Louisville stands. So in terms of this recruitment, I think that things sort of changed here when Dante Reno out of the Loomis Chafee School up there in Connecticut committed to the Gamecocks, I believe back in early July. Reno, of course, is viewed as a very highly touted prospect out of the same recruiting class as Jaden Bradford. I think he's viewed as a three or four star, depending on where you look. But look, I've watched this kid's film before, and uh, yeah, he's got a load of potential in terms of the Main things you look for in a quarterback. He's got good pocket presence. He always is looking downfield to try to throw the football. And he can place the ball quite well. His accuracy is some of the best that I have seen out of any high school quarterback in the last several years. So, South Carolina having his commitment in the fold right now. Um, it seems like that he's pretty much the number one guy. So maybe Jaden Bradford wants to go somewhere where he knows he'll be the number one guy. And for that reason, maybe he's just going back to visiting South Carolina, just be able to see his family and just take it all in while he can before he goes on to play college football. That could be the case as well. So I would say, again, if South Carolina maybe were to lose multiple quarterbacks 
from this roster, which, you know, could potentially happen this offseason, then I could see how they would really ramp up their interest in Jay and Bradford. Not saying they're not interested in the first place, but again, it seems like for a while now that Dante Reno has pretty much been their number one guy for that recruiting cycle. So we'll see how everything plays out. But if I had to pick one team right now, I would probably pick the Penn State and the Lions to win this recruiting battle for Jade and Bradford. Today's show is also brought to you by Nugenics. Now, I know that there's probably some of you out there who watch or listen to this show, and when we're talking about sports, you might sit there and reminisce about all your glory days back when you played maybe high school sports, or maybe you played college football, or maybe college basketball, and you were at the top of your game athletically when you were younger, and maybe that's not the case anymore, and you get down the dumps about it because you don't feel like really there's any way to regain that. Well, guess what? I got the answer for you in Nugenics. Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Testafin is legit as it has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. Take it from the people at GNC, as Nugenics Total T is their number one selling testosterone booster. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text college to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text college to 231-231. Text college to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so we're done pretty much talking football on today's show. So now let's get into recapping what will happen in the basketball world for South Carolina yesterday evening. Starting off with the men's basketball team. And uh, yeah, needless to say, uh, the Colorado State Rams were by far the better team on the hardwood on Thursday night. As South Carolina lost to the Rams 85-53. to There was a lot of problems that were glaring in this game for South Carolina. Starting off with their offense, uh, as far as I was concerned when watching the entirety of this game, there was never any point where South Carolina really had an offensive flow. It seemed like to me that there were a lot of guys on the court last night that were just forcing up shots. Quite frankly, shots that most of the time were not the shots that they needed to be looking for. And... You know, this comes from the fact that, obviously, again, Lamont Paris, he's going to let these guys run freely in this offense. He's not going to have them run a ton of set plays. He's pretty much going to go out there and, you know, just let them go and let them try to create their shots, create opportunities for themselves by passing the ball around. And, you know, again, just let them pretty much make their own decisions because of how hard he is on them when it comes to defense. But, obviously, the... uh, Sort of the consequences of running that kind of offense is the fact that this team, quite honestly, 
outside of maybe Michi Johnson and Gigi Jackson, they do not have a whole lot of shot creators, guys that can make their own shot opportunities on this team. And so because of that, there's some guys that, again, they think that they can make a certain shot, but quite honestly, from the onset as a fan or as a media member, you could sit there and pretty much say, uh, yeah, you probably need to pass the ball out there, and okay, there goes a brick, and now they're in a fast break transition. There's a dunk for the Rams. And that kind of seemed to be the case last night with South Carolina. They also had a lot of sloppy turnovers. There were times where, quite honestly, the Gamecocks were flat and lackadaisical in terms of trying to get the ball moving around, or they were telegraphing the pass way too easily. The Rams were able to pick up on this, and they got multiple steals and, again, easy fast-break layups or dunks on the other end. So even if the defense played any better last night, quite honestly, with just how bad the offense was at times, yeah, South Carolina probably still wouldn't have won this game. Now, speaking of the defense, let's get into what all happened on that side of the court. To start off with, the front court got absolutely dominated last night. There's just no getting around it. Um, I'm not going to try to call out certain players, but again, based on what I'm saying here with the front court, you can guess which players I'm talking about. There were certain guys that honestly were just not staying in good position last night against the Colorado State Rams forwards and center, and I believe James Moores, who absolutely killed this Gamecocks basketball team last night. There were way too many bad fouls. Again, due to the fact that South Carolina, quite frankly, was slow in the front court in terms of getting into a good position. The post defense was just not good enough. And granted, you got to credit Colorado State to a certain extent because their guys, they always seem to be going into the post with a plan of what they wanted to do with the basketball. And South Carolina just seemed to have no answer for them any of them that went into the post on the low block. And another thing that got them was there was way too many easy cuts to the basket, which is because there weren't really any good rotations at certain times. And also, switches on this defense. They were very inconsistent in this aspect last night. Again, switches are going to be a part of this defense. Lamont Paris has it as a pillar of the defense. And Sometimes there were guys, quite frankly, that thought that a switch needed to happen. The other guy wasn't on the same page. It left to someone being wide open. There were times where there was a switch made, and it was a really bad mismatch for South Carolina. And Colorado State saw this and exposed it right then and there. And another thing, the Rams, you got to give them credit here. There's a reason why they made the NCAA tournament last year as a sixth seed in the Mountain West Conference. You don't see many teams do that kind of thing. The Rams have multiple reasons why that's the case. One reason based off last night, they're a good three-point shooting team. There was a lot of three-point shots they put up that literally hit nothing but net. And that was despite the fact that at times, South Carolina's defenders were in good position and got a hand up. But as I've said before, this South Carolina basketball team is a bit undersized in terms of maybe the guard position, especially maybe at shooting guard, and that is going to hurt them at certain points this season. Again, size is not everything in basketball, but it definitely helps you from the onset when you got a certain foundation to work with. South Carolina does not have that at every single spot. So when they face a really good three-point shooting team like clearly the Colorado State Rams, based on what happened last night, that is what is going to happen. So all in all, this was just a very, very bad performance for South Carolina. 
Now, I will say this. You should not take this one game and now turn around and say, oh, great. This team's going to be lucky to win 10 games or more this year. Don't turn around and say that. This team has still shown a lot of promise at the start of this season. But obviously, uh, Lamont Paris is going to be sitting there shaking his head when he goes back and watches this film. And now they got to try to bounce back quickly because they got to take on Davidson now later tonight at, I believe, 730 on ESPN News in the Charleston Classic. Okay, Davidson has been a very good basketball program for many years. I do think that their Hall of Fame coach did retire after this past year, and I do think they got a bunch of new players on the squad. So maybe South Carolina's got a chance to win that game, but you got to regroup. So that game could be a very strong indicator in terms of how the Gamecocks respond when they have performances like that one from last night. Now, looking at the women's basketball game, I was not able to watch this game because of the coverage I was doing for the men's game. So admittedly, I did a lot of box score looking in terms of how this one played out. But uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like I needed to watch this game at all to know that South Carolina thoroughly dominated their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers, winning by a final score of 85-31. to In terms of team stats, South Carolina won Every single statistical category except for steals. And in that category, they still tied Clemson with 11. So that's just how thoroughly dominant this team was last night. 11 of the 13 Gamecocks that played ended up scoring a bucket. Ashlyn Watkins, one of the true freshmen from South Carolina, from Cardinal Newman High School, right down the road in the Columbia area. There is a lot of hype around her and the athleticism she brings to the floor. She could be a literal springboard with the things she does on the court. She showed that last night as she scored the first dunk in the program's history. And based on what I saw on Twitter last night, as long as Twitter is still alive at this point, she is the ninth women's college basketball player ever to dunk a basketball in a regulation game. So, Needless to say, there wasn't anything that really went wrong for South Carolina last night. Now, Don Staley's probably not going to be happy about the fact that the Gamecocks turned over the ball 20 times in that contest. Now, if you do that against a team like Stanford, who you're getting ready to play on Sunday afternoon over in California, then uh, yeah, the opponent's going to make you probably pay a lot more, more so than Clemson did for sure last night. But Again, besides turnovers, not really a whole lot you can complain about in terms of the women's basketball team. It seems like that they have already pretty much gotten into game form early on this year, which is a very good sign in terms of the Gamecocks trying to, of course, repeat and win another national title later on this season. So that's going to do it for today's show, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What are y'all looking for from the South Carolina Gamecocks when they take on Tennessee on Saturday night? What are your thoughts on Jaden Bradford and his current recruitment right now? And maybe where do you think the Gamecocks stand? And what were your thoughts on the basketball action from Thursday evening? Let me know down below in the comments section on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a DM on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. Again, as long as it's still alive and running. If you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. And once again, I thank y'all for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch today. Now, for your next listen or watch, I want you to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. 
But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. Be safe to all of you who are going out to watch the football game on Saturday night or the basketball game later tonight in Charleston. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.